Randall? Do you want to do a podcast? We haven't done one in a while. I never see you anymore now that we're stuck indoors, no episodes on file. We used to play on Mondays, but now we can't. And I blame the quarantine. Do you want to do a podcast? Really has to be a podcast. Go away, Max. That's just me. I can't do an episode right now. I'm trying to get through my painting backlog. Really? How many models are in your backlog? 300. All Gretchen. So I'm kind of busy. Okay, I'll check back later. Don't you want to do a podcast? I'm playing Vassal all the time. Think some chat is overdue. I'm even talking to the fighters on my cards. Nice shot, Lund. We need to cover Wormspat. We haven't done them yet. So let's keep this chat alive. Come on, man. What are you even doing right now? I'm reading War and Peace. Oh, really? How is it? All right, okay. I'm binge watching The Tiger King. Holy crap, is it good? It is bananas. By the way, can I borrow 2,000 bucks for a tiger? Uh, I'll think about it. Look, I'm just not really into doing an episode right now. With everything going on, I, it just seems like bad timing. I'll talk to you later. Randall? Please, I know you're at home. The whole state has been shut down. But we have a listener base. Out there in cyberspace, can't let them down. We only have each other, it's just you and me. And look here, I booked Tom Bond. Well, hello there. Ready to crack on, chaps? Do you want to do a podcast? We should do a podcast. Okay, fine, but I'm not wearing pants. Deal. Oh, man, this is going to be great. We could talk about the game. We could talk about the new faction. We can ask Tom if he's a better player than Carlin. Oh, we could tell jokes. No jokes. No, no, no. Come on, man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 26 of Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast. I am Max Bernstein. I'm Randall Slate. And with us today, all the way from jolly old England, and he's going to speak this entire podcast in a British accent, Tom Bond. I mean, it's it's my accent. I wasn't going to change it for the episode. Oh, I don't have <laughs> an like, accent. I don't have an accent. You guys have the accent. And I think it's only fitting that we have a medical professional on the show today for many reasons, because, you know, they dropped Nurgle and then now everybody's in quarantine. It can't be a coincidence. We have a medical professional on. This is amazing. We got it. All right. No, it's, cool. it's because somebody actually ate Setsimus. That's how that, that happened. Makes sense. Did they start with the prolapse rectum or do they start on the other side? No, they start with the rectum so that so that the rectum comes out first as well. Oh, Think about go. it. I just did. Uh, and I'm sorry I did. Uh, before <laughs> we get started, though, I want to talk about all the tournaments coming up. <laughs> no, they're all canceled. Forget it. Done. 
play Vassal, play play t- uh, t- tabletop simulator, play a cam game. That's where we're at. Okay, so those are all gone. Uh, so we don't have anything to talk about. Tom, hey, how you doing, man? I'm I'm pretty good. Um, doing the same thing as you guys, staying inside, staying safe. Well, or in the hospital and not staying safe. One or the other. Right. Okay. Um, let's now, Tom, see. you are no you are no stranger to podcasting. Why don't you? I was about to say introduce yourself uh, introduce what you do to in regards to podcasting okay so me uh and Mike and Freya um have the Steel City Underworlds uh blog and recently we started the Chatting Crit podcast which is the length of this times three um Mm -hmm. if you want to get a bit of a feel for it and instead of cutting bits that are rambly we keep them in Right. I was saying that I I was I was saying I was going to either listen to an episode of Chatting Crit or watch The Irishman, but I watched The Irishman because I thought it would be shorter. <laughs> We're going to get right. better at the editing. Um, okay. I don't know when though. That might also take another five or six episodes. Sounds. It's good. all gold. I, I, you should listen. It's good. I've been listening to it, of course. Well, um, the, the, the key to too. the key to getting better at editing is to start editing. Ouch! I Wait, use is that a, a compressor. Joke? Yeah. What? Is that a painting joke? Like the key to getting better at painting is to start painting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I edit. The key to getting I... pa- better at painting is to actually paint and not sit around and watch YouTube videos about how to paint. I... That's why I suck. I definitely yeah. edit because I put sound effects in my first episode, and the main bit of feedback I got from my first episode was from about four separate people who hadn't spoke to each other who said I'd nearly caused them to crash because the sound effects were so loud when they were listening in their car. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. So I definitely edit. Cool. Well, that's effective. Uh, mm. so, so, Tom, uh, we typically do biography questions to people who haven't been on the show before. So uh, I'm going to get started. Um, why did you get into Underworlds? Uh, because I really like Warhammer and I didn't have a lot of time and there was less models and it was, it also had cards. So it fit my schedule. It fit my need to have some models in my life and I like deck building and the card aspect. So it just seemed to tick all the boxes. So I pre-ordered it. And then since then I do very little else with my spare time. Really? Like season one? Yeah. yeah. I got the, you know, the special cracked glass cards for the Reavers and Steelhearts for pre-ordering. Oh, worse. Yeah. Very exciting. That's, now, did you play any other Warhammer games before this? So, yeah, when I was uh, a lot younger, I used to play 40K and fantasy. I, I preferred fantasy. I just like the um, the aesthetic and the lore. I prefer magic and swords in general. Um, and I stopped doing that sort of after I left school. I went to uni. And then I mentioned offhand to my girlfriend that I missed painting. So she bought me some Space Marines and has regretted it ever since. Mm. <laughs> that was all I needed to get back in. And then... So so you were out of it for a long time, and yeah, then I, you got into it when you were in, well, I don't know, let's say mid-20s or so? Or, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I okay. got back into it. I think it was my last, I want to say my last year of uni, Um, I got back into it. When, yeah, when I got bought these models, it's like, oh, it'll be cool. He'll just sit and paint them occasionally, and now it's all I do. And right, it's... and then were you friends with the people from the Steel City blog before, no. before or you met them through this? So I met them through it. I um I went to a tournament at the Outpost and I met Mike and Freya. Okay. Uh, I played a couple of games with them, but at that point we weren't really um like we just played and it was fine. And then I actually went to the first Warhammer Underworlds Grand Clash and I saw them there and I was like, oh hello, how are you? And they were all looking a little bit shifty. 
because they didn't want to reveal that they were playing relics. So I sort of sat down at the table and I'm like, who's this guy? We can't tell him our plan. Um, but then uh, at the end of it, we got to talking. <laughs> <laughs> we can't uh, let they this guy to... know that we're playing relics because yeah. that's no, no. for scope. He'll be judged. People, he'll counter it. How? Um, <laughs> but anyway, after that, we got to talking. Uh, we played a little bit more and then we started the blog and it, it went from there. Nice. Um, so, so you play also in the Sheffield area? I yes, I've moved recently, but I still play a lot with those guys. Um, so, uh, there's a couple of people that are more successful. There's a lot of people that are more successful than me because um, there's Mike, there's Freya, there's Martin Collins, who's won a Grand Clash and a Grand Skirmish. There's Thomas Each, who is the prodigy of Underworlds, who rocks up and you go, "Oh, I'm playing a 11 year old," and then he beats you. Um, oh, I've heard of that guy. Yeah. It's a lose lose because if you beat him, it's like, well, I should have. And then you you lose to him and you're like, ah, damn, yeah. I can't even be angry because I, I, I hear that. Yeah. But yeah, so there's okay. a lot of good players. So, so it's a robust scene, a lot of players there. That's good. What's your yeah. favorite Underworlds faction to play all time? I know what it is because I've played them before. Like I played <laughs> literally your deck, but I'm going to imagine it's Godsworn. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's some of the best time I had playing Underworlds when they were good and everyone was underselling them because it just felt really nice. Um, they have fallen off a bit, but I just love the um, the glass cannon kind of like guided missile approach that they had where you'd, you'd just get one glory, tool someone up, fire them in. Another glory, tool someone else up, fire them in, and everyone would get one shot and you'd roll 30 dice. And it, it was and great. It was, and, and like it was going around being called Bond Sworn in your honor. So that's pretty cool. Would have been nice to get a trophy with them. <laughs> oh, okay. Speaking of which, I'm going to guess the answer is a lot less because you spent so much time with Godsworn. But uh, how much glass do you have? Yeah, that really did. Uh, I'd like to say that that's what bombed my numbers. I can blame it on that. Um, okay. So in season one and season two, I played Fiends a reasonable amount. So I got three trophies with the Fiends. I got one with Reavers because there was a point at the start of under at the start of Nightbolt and the end of Shades by where I genuinely think Reavers were like the best aggro band. Um because a lot of people were playing Skaven and Reavers were amazing into Skaven and into the defensive Stormcast. Uh and then I like I didn't get a chance to go to any tournaments because I was busy. So I thought I'll go to one and I'll just try and win it. So I, I took Thorns. <laughs> this was before temporary victory was restricted as well. So they were just silly. Or Scrum. Scrum wasn't restricted either. So I took them to a tournament and it was like, oh, cool. I just pressed Farclab and Glory. Um, nice. So the uh, five in total. Um, three Fiends, one Reavers, one Thorns. Yeah. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. Uh, best finish in a Grand Clash? Third. Um, which was actually the Relics Grand Clash where I took Fiends. Um because oh. I took Shatter Shard and I took Spectral Wings and I took Hidden Paths and uh, I could get to them. Um, but unfortunately, the Relics decks just outscored me massively in glory difference. So I'd, I've had three Grand Clashes where I went undefeated. Um, and then a fourth one where oh, I went yeah. undefeated in day one. And then I lost in day two. Um, I rarely get an opportunity to blow my own trumpet, so I'm going to do it. Um, Toot it up. Yeah. Toot it up. Go ahead. So so you so you uh, went to three Grand Clashes, went undefeated, but that was before they changed the format. So no, I yes. So I had a undefeated one with Fiends in season one. I had an under wait maybe three yeah three two undefeated and then one was an undefeated day actually. So I had one with Godsworn undefeated where I finished sixth, yep. um, and then I had another one with Godsworn where I, I won day one, 
and then and then lost twice day two. I came eighth in that one. So I've had a third, a fourth, a sixth, and an eighth. The fourth one was right, a team was, event. We just do this to establish that you're somebody to listen to, really. So I, I, I feel like that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, so yeah, it's better than me. Um, so that's that. Um, who's the best player in your meta? Is it you, Carlin? Is it the oh, little kid? You... Who is it? What's his name? I mean, good. Tom, Thomas, uh, Tom each. Um, oh, Tom each. I, if I'm going to just be myself and be a dick about it, I'll just be saying me, obviously. But if I'm okay. going to be honest, no, if I'm going to be honest, Mike is one of the best deck builders that I know, and he can just grab yeah. things and make them work quickly. I like to think I get, I need a bit more time, but I do eventually catch up to him. If I, I just need to spend a lot more time playing something to get the hang of it. He just looks at it and it's like, bam, this is the best way. To play. Yeah. He's kind of a jackrabbit when it comes to like finding like weird niche cards that go together. It's really weird. Like he'll mm. like if, when I talk to him sometimes he's like, Oh, try this card. I'm like, what is that even? It's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that works. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm. Right. All right. Absolutely. Cool. So are we ready to talk about these Nurgle? Oh, I'm so ready. Oh, you're very ready. I I tried playing these guys a lot, got kind of sick of them pretty quickly, but you seem Was to know what pun? you're talking about. What's that? No, I'll I'll own it though. Yeah. I'll own it. Okay. So <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be a lot of puns today. Okay, so let's get started by talking about the fighters. Uh and I should probably have a window open with the fighters already but i don't so i'm going to just vamp a little bit right now okay we're here we over go. it no we're doing oh wait what happened there all right sorry professional do you need okay. more disease pumps to fill the time yes you got a good one come on man uh, you got a good one? maybe the reason you don't have it on your screen is because you got a virus uh that's <laughs> that's, that's bad Oof. i tried okay i did the best that was pretty good actually um Thanks. all right so we have uh Let's see. We have okay, so we have three fighters in this warband. They're actually really good fighters separately. Um, mm -hmm. but let's talk about what they have. So we have the leaders, Fecula. Fecula is a level two wizard mm -hmm. and um has a shooty attack and also has a melee attack. Uh we have uh you know one range, two uh hammers, two damage on the melee. We have range three. We have uh, Foci uh, 2, because of course she's a level 2 wizard, 1 damage. We have uh, 3 move, 1 defense, and 4 wounds. And uh, for the most part, their their bottom uh, slash line stays the same. Yeah. Uh, in this group, they're, they're always moving 3, and they always have 4 wounds. Um, so it's all defense dice and uh, an attack dice damage that changes. Yes. Uh, when Fecula, he, uh, when she, come on. You know, when she inspires, she gets an extra attack die. And cool thing, her spell attack changes to channels. Yep. So uh, pretty good. What, what, do, what do you think, Tom? I, I think she is, out of all of them, probably the fighter you invest the least in. But she does have a couple of things that make her quite important. The fact that she's a wizard means that you can spec your deck into spells if you want. Um, the fact that she's level two means you can put... A couple of channel spells in there and they're relatively low risk things like sphere of action yep. if you wanted to and the fact that she goes to three hammers is really nice um especially against two wound warbands that means that after you inspire she can reliably just thwack a crypt ghoul and you don't feel quite as nervous about committing her to it because you feel like those attacks are pretty odds on um yeah she's solid yeah. 
She's not. Special. Yeah, no, she's she's solid. She's which is interesting because usually the leader is the, mm. is the most you know one of the better one of the better fighters. But I think that in this group, she's not. Yeah, I'd um, agree. All right. So next we have a uh, Gulach the Butcher. Gulgosh. And Gul Gulgosh. There's no, yeah. Okay. Isn't Gulash a dish? Sure. It's goulash. Uh, is it? I think it's goulash. Let's go with that. All right. So goulash the butcher just has a uh, a single uh, range three starts with three dice on hammers. Yep. That's pretty good. It is uh, two damage. Uh, same bottom slash line. When he uh, when he inspires though, he gains cleave and he gains a defense die, which we'll talk in a minute why that's important. Yes. Tell me about him. So I just love that he starts on three hammers. It means that when you open, you have a very reliable attack you can go in with, and given their inspire condition, even if it's not enough to kill, it's just nice to know that this guy's probably going to be able to get some wounds on the enemy fighters. Um, And then if you are playing into one of the more meta decks, which has a lot of two-wound fighters, um, you can be reasonably sure that you charge with him three times. You've got good odds to get at least two kills out of those. Um, And if you get extra attacks off, that's brilliant. And as you said, we'll talk about the, the shields later, but that, that's yeah. part of why he's amazing. Yeah, really important. And uh, last, we go to Sepsimus. I, personally, I think Sepsimus is our guy. Oh, he's your boy. He's, he's kind of like a like a mini Molog in a way because he has the ability to to range out and deal a lot of damage. I, I don't think he's quite as good as Molog, obviously, because he's not that big. But I feel like I was when I was playing him, I would kind of play him the same way, keeping distances and. Yeah. Um, anyway, his so he he has uh same slash line as Gulach on the bottom, but his attack is a two range, two hammer, two damage, and when he inspires, he goes up to three damage, and he also gets a whirling attack, which is pretty great. That's uh, three, three. It's only one range, but it's three dice on swords, which is normal mm-hmm. for a scything attack, and two damage. You know, I, you can do a lot of damage with this, especially against those meta war bands you were talking about, which I believe you tried to do a few times today. Yeah, I, it a was couple games. It, yeah, yeah. I, I love this guy. I, I I get um sort of feelings of scritch actually with him. So like a slower scritch, but then obviously scritch doesn't have the whirling attack. So it's kind of like you put them together and made it more balanced for a three model war band. Um, yeah. the the range is amazing um, because it means you don't have to always charge. You can you can poke away. You can trap more easily with it, um, and you don't always have to expose yourself to a counterattack. People still have to charge you. Um, he gets the two defense dice as well, which, as you said, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, the scything attack is is incredible, because even if people don't mean to, when you're a horde warband, you can't help bunching up even a little bit. So you can, you can normally go for those big plays where you're going to hit two or three people, um, and that can be devastating, especially later on in the game. Maybe you've taken out one or two Crypt Ghouls or Chain Rasps. If you can go in and take two more out with one attack, you can make it very hard for enemies to hold objectives. So I think he's your um, he's your linchpin of the Warband, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, if you can get Tome of Offerings on him too, mm. it makes him even more dangerous. Um, I've had games playing with Sepsimus where I would I'd, I'd draw in uh, stuff with... Uh, you know, like I think I, there was one time I think I was playing up against Randall. He was playing Hrothgorn. We had the two Noblars standing next to each other, and I, I, uh, I used Nightmare in the Shadows to pull the third one in, and then just stand in a spot where I can hit them all and just slice them all down. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was pretty. It was a pretty great move. Um, I like but, to think two but went he down has to the, the ability spear. to do it. 
and one What's went that? down to the. I like to think two went down to the spear, and then the Noblar that ducked then got hit by the prolapse on the backswing, and that <laughs> took him out. Just I, I I think I hit all three of them and knocked the third one back onto an objective and used lethal word. I think that's actually oh, how it went down. That's cold. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's pretty bad. Ah, well, at least one survived. Oh, by the way. Okay, so um, so pretty good. I think that they have, as a three-model warband, some of the best stats overall for a three-model warband I've ever seen, which is yeah. pretty great. Um, so, and, and let's talk about this special ability that they all have. Um, and so the special ability that they have, and I'll, I'll read the one that says it on Fecula. I think they're all the same. Uh, when this fighter is dealt damage by an attack action, reduce that damage to by one to a minimum of one for each shield in the defense roll. Mm. Um, and we did the math on this, right? When you have, uh, I mean, you did the math. I just panicked. Right. Sorry. So I might, <laughs> so I might be completely wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure I did this correctly. So if you have one die, which they all do to begin with, that is obviously a 33% chance because two the defense dice faces have uh shields on them so it's a one-third chance you'll get one off but if you uh if you have sepsimus or gulach whatever his name is um you then have two and that goes up to a 55 percent chance which i believe is like a 20 out of 36 possibilities yeah yeah, Something and then we was like, like you factored in the fact that they could still crit and block the attack. Right. Um, it's even better than that. It's actually like 24 out of 36 rolls, you'll get something. So hmm. that's pretty good. Um to and, and it really screws up people's math. Clearly. Because then when people have to like try to kill you, because I know for, for a lot for the most part, I won't uh I, I, I typically try not to attack things unless I know I can kill them. And now, if I'm playing up against Nurgle, I actually don't know because they could just I have to yeah. like over plan, which is tough to do because now instead of like dealing four damage, I have to deal five, maybe six. To yeah, that's it. You can kill. reduce it twice if you've got two potentially. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so so and it really just messes up the, you know, thinking about the probabilities of are things going to happen or not. So um, really interesting and something to kind of not not necessarily bank on with this warband, mm. but certainly just a nice little bonus that they do. Yeah, I think it's not something you can plan for, but your opponent can't not plan for it. Like if you've just got right. one attack, you're going to make that turn. You know, you've got a key charge to go with Ripper or Scathe. You you know that it could go wrong. Um, and you you can't not plan for that as the opponent of Nurgle. And you're kind of sitting there as the Nurgle player being like, well, it might happen. Deal with it. You can't make it happen, but you know, um, it, it, for aggro warbands, it's just awful because you you can't do anything about it. It doesn't matter if you roll more dice; if you roll that one shield, you've still you've That's still. It. And then it, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing yeah. to do with you as the attacker. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it's really important to get these guys inspired as mm. soon as possible because there's a lot gained out of this: a lot of accuracy, a lot of damage reduction, um, and I think that a lot of good decks for these guys uh take that into account let's get these guys inspired as soon as possible and they all snap inspire once you get those three wounds on separate fighters of your opponent they just all inspire unless randall throws maddening cackle on you rude yep <laughs> which he is wont to do <laughs> all right cool so uh so yeah so how do you think you play these guys tom um you've tried it you've tried it a few different ways tell me about i have it. I I've done a a full on 
aggro. I've done very, very defensive. I've done somewhere in the middle, and I did try to get a little magic in there as well. Um, my most successful um, that I found is a kind of... I wouldn't call it fully defensive, but it's a sit on the middle, somewhere around the middle of the board where they join. Um, and score enough glory so that your opponents feel like they have to come to you, um, but then be kitted out for the fight so that you can you can counterattack well. So I guess, yeah, it's, it's a kind of like a, a counterattacky, plonk yourself in the middle and mess with your opponent kind of build. Right, because um, they can handle just kind of like sitting in a spot and kind of yeah. protecting that area because they are so tanky. So, Absolutely. but you played, so you tried full aggro before? Yeah, I, well, I did that. It works okay. Yeah, the thing is as well, you've got to remember about this band is, is when you're playing full aggro, the things you need, you need to be able to move. So you need to be able to get to your opponent. You need to be accurate because if you miss, what's the point? Um, right. And you need to do enough damage to kill them. Um, and your objective deck needs to be built for that. So Nurgle is slow. They are uninspired, averagely accurate, but that does get better. Um, and you need to include a lot of plank damage in there for their inspire condition and to finish people off. And I just found my Gambit deck got really tight really quickly because if you do all of that, you have no objective disruption. You have no pushes. And in the meta, you mm -hmm. need that. So suddenly you're trying to fit those cards in and you're like, oh, but now I have to take Spectral Wings out. But I need to get to them. What if they sit far away? What if they, off what if they um, offset the boards? Um, it, it worked fine into other aggro. And it worked fine, I think, if you got the right setup into objectives. But if anyone was playing defensive against you, you just lost because you, you rarely could get to them. And even if you did, you're not super accurate. You're not... You're not super accurate to like make it all go on one two hammer attack. Um, so I think it's got inherent weaknesses if you force yourself to get to the opponent with Nurgle. Because it makes opinion. you have to gum up your your power deck with things you don't necessarily want to have yeah. in there. You can't fit everything you want in. Um right. is my experience of it. Gotcha. What do you think about objective play, straight objective play with these guys? Trilobe, supremacy. That's if stuff. I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest, I think it's a massive trap. Um, I think so too. Yeah. I, I mean, the deck, the, the, the meta is already kitted out. Uh, it's very locked in. It's an objective meta, right? People play objective decks, which means everybody is packing cards to stop people being on objectives. So you're already going into a meta that's people are expecting that kind of play and they're ready for it. So Restless Prize, Nightmare in the Shadow, Distraction. It's hard to get on those objectives as it is. So you're already setting yourself up for a fact, well, I'm going to need loads of pushes in my deck. So now that's pushing on your, you're already quite tight gambit deck as we've talked about yeah and then oh go on sorry Randall. guys don't 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 even consider doing the hold objective <laughs> sacred trilobe deck yep. with this warband it's it's so bad and i'll just give you an example with the way that things are going these days the the cards that are in the game and the cards that people run in their decks i play thorns of the briar queen and it's hard for me to get supremacy it's hard for me to get path to victory in this you know, with all the, the amount of pushes and flipping the objectives that go on in this game. And I have seven guys, and I can push, you know, five of them with one activation. In this warband, one of your fighters dies, you're done. You can't, can't get it anymore. Or the, your opponent yeah. plays one card on you, and, you're, and that's it, you know? You're and like Tom was saying, you, you need all these other things in your deck. You need the plank damage to inspire. You know, you need all this other stuff. You can't, you know, put, you know... Stuff like quickening greaves and two steps forward in your deck, just so you can get uh, your little supremacy cards. 
and I've been uh, playing also just side note, I've been playing with uh, the gun dwarves a lot lately and, um, and I have supremacy and I have uh path to victory and I have a uh, temporary victory in that, uh, in that deck. And I still have trouble doing it even with seek the sky vessel and two steps forward and quickening greaves and everything to get them on there. Yeah. And, uh, and that's five guys. So, uh, I mean, three guys, I yeah, mean, they're big, they stay on the table, but you know, it's, it's like Randall said up. though, like anybody that can do four damage hard counters you. Because you can't guarantee rolling a shield, and a lot of people can do four damage. As soon as, as soon as right. fake, like you just go for fecular. Boom. Okay. Cool. I I win. Yep. I kill them. Yeah. If 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 you're play if you're playing this particular build, so just don't yeah. Do it. Right. And none of their other objective cards are really that great. So if you take someone, you know, let's say you're running Trilobe and Supremacy. If you kill Fecula in the first activation, that's six glory that you can't score. Maybe more. Yeah. yeah. Maybe more because a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. It, it takes and, away and your options. Your other objectives ain't that good. We'll see in this in a minute, but you know, you're not <laughs> gonna make it up doing something else with if you can't get those. Absolutely. All right. So Tom, you mentioned maybe a spell build. What's the uh what's the deal with that? Uh you can like you've got a, you've got a level two wizard. There are a lot of good spells in the game. Um Cursebreaker spell aggro is a thing. Um but and you've got Rotbringers, which is an equivalent of Magical Supremacy, which is a very, very good end phrase objective card just for casting two spells. But again, the issue is Fecula is your squishiest model. As soon as anyone realizes you're playing this way, they just gun for her. Go for her. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's kind of like um, the Yothari syndrome, you know? Yeah. It's like Unlike they know go after. You don't have three wizards. As soon as she's now, <coughs> gotcha. like you said, you, you lose. And you don't have enough objectives, I think, to make it worth it. Um, I think including the odd spell is fine, um, but I don't think relying on it heavily is the way to go. And I feel the same way about Lost Pages, because you can do the super hard control decks with Lost Pages and Fecula's a wizard, so it opens that door for you. Um, but again, she's your squishiest model. Um, you need to score glory to equip these things, so you need to think about how you're going to do that. And if you've if you've wiped your whole upgrade deck on spells that you're not really wanting, like you there with Quintox Compatible Cantrip, when you could have had virulent blade, you could have had uh, right yes. great strength. Okay. So you, yeah, I you get more mileage out of other stuff. They have legs; they're not terrible builds. But if you're going for like, right, I want I want to try the most consistent way of playing them. I think there's such inherent weaknesses with that style of relying on one model. Any deck that's kitted out to to run in and hit, you've just painted a big target on your weakest fighter. Right. Gotcha. Okay, so you're saying playing a mostly aggro but other tricks kind of way to play is like kind of the way you like it? I, I, I can't think of a good name for what it is. It's, uh, I guess it's semi-aggro. I think it's, I, I'd say it's a counterattack. Is that? Okay. I don't know. Something like that. We'll see when Try we Try to, to survive the their hits and hit them back. Okay. It's yeah. definitely aggro. Yeah, there we go. You may, I mean, right. there's no the, you, there's no alternate plan. I mean, I yeah, think with, I the, think... with the with the best builds for this warband, the the best thing I think you can do is disrupting your opponent from scoring their big cards. Mm. That's that's what they're good at because they can stand on objectives and not die. They can just sort of get in your territory, and in the second and third round, when they're inspired, they have one or two upgrades. They're extremely hard to remove from the board. So it's it's basically just you kind of you kind of score your what you can score with Fecula. She's kind of like your sort of utility character. 
you get in there and you you know if you really need to kill someone clutch or early you use uh Bilgak, and then yeah. um you want to finish the game by uh upgrading sepsimus i agree and I just think... just having just have him exist in your opponent's half of the board mm-hmm. and you know really hard to, to kill him and he just will constantly score you points i i think essentially you make a power deck that's aggro and your objective deck doesn't rely on killing so you can score your deck if your opponent ignores you but if they come to you your power deck is there to kill them i think that's probably how i would sum it up right there are i think a few warbands i would play that way mm, yeah i don't think it's an unheard of style for sure yeah it's good Okay, cool. All right, so before we start talking about some sort of deck build, let's talk about the cards that are available to us. Uh, and we will start with uh, objectives, uh, faction-specific stuff. Uh, and we're going to start with uh, things that we think that that you should put in any Nurgle deck, no matter how you're planning on playing it, uh, what we like to call auto-includes. So uh, the first auto-include card that we have is and let me get to my thing i got it see the totally, objectives first totally yes. good yeah faithful reward all yeah, right faithful reward says score this i know it's like literally the entire list score this in an end phase faction specific objective here score this in an end phase if each surviving friendly fighter is inspired you get one for this yeah have you ever played a game where you haven't gotten somebody inspired I mean, well, so, no, no, this is crucial because this is the difference between this and Fired Up. Um, you are aiming to inspire, you need to inspire. The Warband stats are all good on their inspired side, so you put this in because it's your game plan. But yeah. if you do get Maddening Cackled, you won't score this because you need everyone okay. inspired. Yeah, um, so it is slightly worse than Fired Up. Yeah, I but... don't know. I don't know if that's worth the... <laughs> saying there's the one card in one faction that does that. No, 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 you still take sure. it. You yeah. absolutely still take yeah. it, yeah. But it's just worth being You just have to of. remember, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because because obviously if somebody gets mad and cackled, they can't inspire. And it says each surviving friendly fighter. So yeah. again, so whoever gets maddening cackled requires one. Yeah, fly them in. Is there anything in the game that works like maddening cackle anymore? There's no cruel taunt in the. Is there? There's no cruel taunt. No, I don't um, think so. I can't think of any off. The top I can't of think, I can't of, think anything of anything else. So yeah. So there you go. Just don't play against. Just thorns. don't. Just don't ever play against thorns, and you're good. Done. Perfect. They're not, yeah. they're not coming in the math. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Nobody. All right. So, so that's the only one that we came up with as an auto include. But we have a couple others that we like, depending on how you're kidding them out. Mm. And uh, one of them is a seeping rot, which I saw you playing with. And this is it. a surge, mm. uh, and which is, and they need some good surges. Score this immediately when a friendly fighter holding an objective is the target of an attack action. And is not driven back if that fighter survives. Yes. So surviving with Nurgle, not super difficult. Mm-hmm. So how do you make sure that you're standing on the objective and not getting pushed off, though? You have three fires, so you can make liberal use of going on guard. Um, so one thing you can do is the fact that you've only got three fighters and the fact that a lot of people want to be on objectives, moving on to them is always a good thing because it denies them. There are cards like survival instincts. There are other cards like buried instinct and also just the action of going on guard isn't necessarily a wasted one for noble because you still have three other act, you know activations um yeah. and aggro is going to have to hit you so they can't just even if they know you've got this card they can't be like well he's on an objective but it won't hit that one because they might not actually have many other options um and also they could just miss and you could just block it so 
there are I'm not saying it's sort of calculated risk tier surge. It's certainly got flaws. But in terms of good objectives for Nurgle, I think this one actually, if you play them that way and you include cards to help you get it, I I, I score it reasonably reliably. Another good point to note is that Hrothgorn, if he pulls you towards him, um, you'll still score it because he's not driven you back. Yes, because he's not driven he's back. Um, good point. So there are ways where you can score it because it doesn't say you need to be on the objective afterwards. It just says you need to not be driven back. Driven back. Okay, so there you go. So Seeping Rot, maybe give it a look, try it out. Yeah, um, another one... One, one Sorry, thing no. I want to say before we move on, this card isn't good. Like, this this card <laughs> is not good, right? However, it is, like, the only good... It's the only scorable surge that they have in their faction. Faction-specific, right? I, I might agree You think about you. how many conditions are on it. You have to be on the objective, and you have to get hit and not get driven back. So you have to have... You, and not you usually die. have to have some sort of, you know, card to, to support it with. I think I've been playing with it for so long that I'm like, oh, this is a good surge. But I think, yeah, the second you go to another warband, you're like, ooh, Harness the Storm. Ooh, Treacherous Foe. Right. Strum. Temporary. You're like, ah, maybe it's not as good. And but yeah, you can Yeah, go ahead. Go on, sorry. Well, I'm just saying, what, what, there's a card that's exactly the same as this, too, right? It's a universal. Yeah, exactly. And you'd only take one, but I take this one. Which one? What's that one called? Steadfast Defender. Right, right. It's slightly different in that you have to be on the objective. It's, it, I don't think it actually makes any practical difference, but it, it, the way it's worded, it says you have to be on the objective afterwards, whereas this one says you just have to not be driven back. Oh, okay. Well, So it um, takes out the Hrothkorn thing. Yeah, and, and also I think the Look It and Thwack, if they use their like thing to push you afterwards, that's not a drive back. So I, there are right. very niche circumstances where this one's better. <laughs> oh, right. Look, look It and Thwack <laughs> can do that. I forgot about that. I really look... I had to look hard to find the advantages. Right. Um, <laughs> like anybody's going to be attacking like the, with yeah. Logan and Thwack. <laughs> that's like the feast counter guy from Grimwatch. You know what? I think this asshole's got, got seeping rot in his hand, and I just want to mess with him. <laughs> so I'm going to attack him with Logan and Thwack. No, but that wouldn't do Why it, not? because you're not driving me back. You're using their action to push me. So I would get attacked. I would not be driven back. I would be pushed back. Right, then you can't score it. Exactly. No, I that's would score it. What? He wouldn't get the, the oh universal oh you're right one. you're the right universal ones different. you're right yeah okay right but yeah okay yeah. but yeah this is what we have to work with guys we have to the, the, this this crappy <laughs> surge is yeah. the best surge that they have the best yes. faction specific oh, I mean fell the faithless for killing their leader is potentially it's not even for killing like for their leader being taken off the board is okay if you're playing aggro because you can do you can do it in it doesn't matter how they come off the board as long as they come off the board you score it. But I just think, again, because you're so low mobility and you don't have a lot of damage until you inspire, having a card that relies on killing their strongest model is not great. But it's another surge. Yeah, that that, have... that one's kind yeah. of... Kill, killing your opponent's leader is tough sometimes in, in matchups like uh, Zarbag or like the Duke or whatever. It's going be yeah. like impossible to kill him sometimes. Or mm. Molog. Yeah. But I mean, it's, yeah. only, it's also only one, not two. Yeah, you know, like we were used to when we had uh, what do you call it, victorious duel or whatever. Worthy kill. Worthy kill. There you go. Um, all right. Well, anyway, uh, so we like those. The other one that we were talking about was spread his blessings. Yeah. Which is, let me read that one. Where is it? There it is. Uh, score this in an end phase if your warband holds one or more objectives in enemy territory. Mm. But it's at. It's not a surge. It's not after an activation. It's at in an end phase. There are a couple of warbands that I think have a essentially an identical clone of this card, and 
if you're building a deck to sit on an objective and deny somebody anyway, this rewards you for doing it. I mean, it's not out of this world, but it, it fits nicely with what they want to do. If you're playing it that way, yeah. If you're playing okay. it that way, absolutely. Gotcha. All right. So that's what we have there for objectives. And if you notice, we're not super high on these objectives. I can't because sell it to you any better than that. they're not so good. They're kind of not so good. And that's, I think, one of the biggest issues. I, it was for me putting together the decks. It was like, I just, I felt like I didn't have a lot of good objective choices. And this game at the moment is so about your objective deck and what you can get out of that. And that is a huge hamstring for this warband, I feel. Yeah. It it goes against what we've seen in Beast Grave so far, which is right. an improvement, a movement away from strength and fighter cards and a movement towards strength and faction specific cards, specifically the objectives. Nurgle or the worm spat seem to be back on the old sort of spectrum of good fighter cards and bad. Uh, objective cards and I think what this has demonstrated is that actually having the power budget invested in the objective cards is way more important when you're being competitive because even with the great fighters you struggle to score right so from a competitive standpoint that's a big problem yeah absolutely yeah I mean if you just love to play with a guy that has a prolapsed rectum like these guys are for you oh yeah but well, if you're more into like you know being competitive in large tournament settings these guys are really kind of playing on hard mode, mostly because of this. And and one thing I'm just now realizing um, is if you want to play this faction at like a competitive level, you need access to every single card in the game. Pretty much, you need you need yeah. to have all the expansions in the game because all yeah. the, the they they require so yeah. many uh, generic upgrades, so many universal, things, so many yeah. universal cards. Because their in-faction ones are so bad. Yeah, I agree. If the universal card pool catches up in strength to some of the faction-specific cards, then Nurgle will be a lot better because the gap between them and the really strong factions with good faction-specific cards will be less. But while the Beast Grave faction-specific cards are so much better than the universal cards, I think Nurgle are going to struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need you need you know everything going back from Night Vault to the Gift Pack to everything in Beast Grave to, to run to these guys effectively, pretty much. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to gambits. All right, so mm-hmm. auto includes. Here are some auto includes we liked. All right, so the first one that we liked was uh, unnatural vitality, yeah. and where did I, oh I lost it? Hold on a second. Here we go. Unnatural vitality. Let me just go down to that one, and I got it. Here it is. No, it's on the next thing. No, I'm on the wrong one. I got it. Hold on. I'm going to do it. I'm so professional. I believe in you, man. You got this. So professional. No, I literally cannot find it. That's all right. I Unnatural vitality is the cycle yeah, where you, they all get to move an extra one for the, yes. the whole the whole time. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Absolutely. That's unnatural vitality, they, right? Yeah, it's unnatural vitality. Right. Plus one move to all your fires. So, so talk, Tom, talk to us about the cycle. Oh, I this, is the only, the ci- this is the only cycle you use, right? Yeah, so there's an M phase uh, objective for playing two cycles, which you're never going to get because there's only one that's ever worth playing, in my opinion, um, which is this one. Which is a shame. Uh, which is a shame because that, it's a really that's cool that's their scheme. mechanic, yeah. Um, so unnatural vitality gives you plus one move till the end of the round, especially. I think this is an auto include if you're playing aggro because you want to be able to get to the opponent, and this, you know, spectral wings lets you chuck one guy in. 
but this in theory could get all three and especially given that you've got two fighters with range so their threat range goes up quite a significant amount um and yeah it lasts the whole turn so i think this just fills a big tick box for getting in the enemy's face you need to be able to get to them interestingly this isn't actually in my deck <laughs> okay uh what Ooh, happened you the good thing it's an auto include for? come on man <laughs> i think it's an auto include what are you doing I know you did, and that's why I didn't argue, uh, because it's an amazing card, and it was in a lot of versions of my deck. But the way I play it at the minute, I don't, I've tried to avoid it. All right, all right. I still think it's an auto. Include. I think it's a brilliant card. Having around. an extra move is good. Right. And let's talk about this whole idea of the cycles and how they came up with this really interesting idea, which was that a, a cycle card, basically, you throw a cycle card down, it's a ploy, it, it, it persists until the end of a round or until another cycle ploy gets played for the most part there's a couple that don't do that um and then there's also even if you're playing with cycle uh ploys then there's even um an objective that you can use yeah. where if you use Cycling two in a round there you go <laughs> but um i don't know i feel like they're not all strong enough to warrant playing with a bunch of cycle cards you hit the nail on the head some of them aren't even cycles in the theme like some of them are just gambits and not good ones so right. if you're going to have this theme of I want to have Nurgle influencing the battlefield in specific ways throughout the game, depending on which cycle I've got down, make them all last. Like one of them yeah. is damage people next to me if I roll a crit. I, I'll just take Encroaching Shadow and damage someone. Um, like one of them, right, I get to reroll. Yeah. yeah, I get to reroll one dice in my next attack. Well, Determined Effort is a universal card. I get plus one dice. That's that's better. Even better, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I just think they didn't make him strong enough, yeah, to, to warrant use. Because the, the same I, thing happened with Godsworn. You know, they put all the oaths in there, and people were people are using oaths. I mean, oath of conquest, I think, was one that people would use. Yeah, but um, I don't know. What, what do we What do we do with these? They're just not strong enough to warrant being used in large amounts, and they're only effective if you have several of them. Well, for the for the objective, well, they're more of they're more effective. Yeah, exactly. If you want to score the objective, absolutely right. Uh, we did talk about the burgeoning, which is a cycle card that we thought was a little wacky. Yeah, um, I, let me load it up because this actually does. No, I got it. Uh, I actually have it. No, this time I am ready to go. <laughs> go. All right. So it's a cycle card. It says heal one. The first friendly fighter that moves is placed, pushed, or driven back into a lethal hex. That fighter is not dealt damage from the lethal hex. This effect persists until a friendly fighter is healed in this way, or you play another cycle ploy. So there's a few interesting interactions that we were talking about before. Go ahead, Tom. You were, yeah. you were um, to me. I will add that my source for this is another podcast as well, where I heard John Wynn talking about this. So mm. essentially, the card states that if you move into a lethal hex, you won't take damage. It also states that the card effect ends when a fighter is healed. Um, so after you play this card, you can move anyone on full health through lethal hexes. Don't take damage, damage. Yeah. but they don't get healed. So the card persists. Um, and it's not a cycle that ends at the end of the round either. Um, so you play this and until somebody pushes a damaged fighter into a lethal hex, it doesn't end or until you choose to move someone in to heal them, which is a, you know, there's not actually many cards that heal at the minute. So that's a legit thing. So it, it really um, alters how your opponent wants to play against you, especially considering how important it is for them to be able to damage you with extra damage. 
Um, if suddenly all the lethal hexes on the board become normal right. hexes to you, that's a big thing. Um, one issue, yeah. yeah. One issue, you can't score calculated risk if you play it. <laughs> so just be careful which with is, that. Which is something I was definitely using. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I wasn't playing with this. We put this down as like depends on the build or like it. Yeah. You know, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. So it's it is interesting uh, for a little while. Um, okay. So there's there, there's your one and a half cycle plays that we thought were decent. Mm. All right. Oh, that um, one's a cycle. <clears throat> that is a cycle. That's a cycle. Okay. Yep. Because it persists until uh, you play another one or until somebody gets healed. Mm. Um, all right. So there you go. Uh, another one we said was definitely one to use is steady advance. Yeah. And uh, steady advance is great. It's a uh, double sidestep. Basically you choose up to two friendly fighters, push each of them uh, one hex. So it's, yeah, it's just, sidestep times yeah two. that that is actually extremely good in this warband yes like, especially with the range attacks and everything yeah, they because of the the fact that they have range and relatively low speed getting to push two of them with one card is yeah, yeah. insanely good we got one we found a good card yeah all actually, right actually very good a legitimately good card for Nurgle. all right and we said uh medical if you want to play Nauseous Revulsion, mm. which is also a cycle ploy, uh, minus one dice to a minimum of one from attack actions made by enemy fighters adjacent to one or more friendly fighters. The effect persists until the end of the round or until another cycle ploy. Yes. And it so is medical because? It's a medical because. Um, at the minute, the meta involves the damaging fighters on your opponent's warband being two range. So um, Grimwatch and Thorns are, you know, pretty high up at the top. Frostgorn's up there. Um, and uh, those fighters... All the all Gundwarves. Gundwarves, yeah. These yeah. people do not care about Nauseous Revulsion. Um, they're going to be... They're not going to be adjacent to you. However, if we get more good aggro cards in the future and bands like uh, Ripper and Scaith... Um, even the Beastmen, potentially. Um, Banshees. Banshees, uh, God's One, uh, become yeah. better. You, minusing a dice from an attack is a big deal. Like People include cards in their deck that are just plus one dice because it helps so much. Minus one dice is, 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 an is a good effect, but the chances of you triggering this against the strong warbands out there are significantly lower, and you're sacrificing a gambit slot to do it. So I think if we suddenly see a load of one range aggro warbands come out, then this is a this is a legitimate choice. But at the minute, I just don't think you get enough mileage out of this to include it. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So ready to move on to upgrades? Absolutely. Let's talk about a few upgrades. Okay. So the two we liked two that you should definitely put in two mm. auto includes. We have a. We'll start with virulent blade. Uh, which I shouldn't have started with because now I have to change the, the web page. There we go. Virulent Blade. Uh, this is, you can re-roll one attack dice and this fighter's attack rolls for range one or two. Mm. Uh, you just can't put it on Fecula, but I mean, Gulash and Sepsimus are kind of your guys anyway. Yeah. This is is it restricted to not her? Is It's restricted to yeah. just them? or Yeah, okay. just, oh, the other, okay. yeah okay. just the two guys. Because okay. yep. she has a stick and it's not virulent stick. Mm. Yep, blades. Right. You need blades, right? It's thematic. See, that's why we get on you on here because of the <laughs> logic. <laughs> right. Impeccable logic. I would have never made that connection. Virulent stick, not a thing. 
but yeah, sorry. This is I think this goes on Septimus because yeah. two hammers yeah. is is like a, a good stock attack profile, but two hammers into a dodge, you've got 60%, two hammers into a shield, you've got I think just over 50. And as soon as you get into two hammers into two dodge, you're actually odds off to hit. So right. this puts you back on odds on to hit the the multitude of two dodge fighters that are out there. And anyone with less than that, you're really looking at poking them and killing them. So I think it's just a really good card to include. I think anything that makes Septimus more likely to stab is is great. And, right. if, if and you can, can always, yeah, you could always throw it on Gulach if, if that's what the, you know, the yeah. game state dictates. And then he's basically really rolling accurate. four dice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, Gulach, I think you, you he already has three dice on mm. on hammers, which is already very accurate. So I think it's, like Tom said, it's it's way better on Septimus. Yeah, the only time I put it on Gulgosh is if... If Sesimus is dead, probably, right? If Sesimus is dead, or if Gulgok is going to make some, like, big swinging attack. Oh, okay. Like, if he's Fameway crystalling in to hit the Briar Queen, I'm like, well, I think you get this for this attack, because I win if it goes off. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's it's Sepsimus's blade that you want to be all virulent, ideally. Yep. <clears throat> okay. And then we also have uh, Unstoppable Tread, uh, which is a reaction... Uh, after this fighter's activation, push the fighter one hex. Mm. You can put it on anybody. So this is, what's the one? It's duelist speed, but better because it's just so after the activation, no matter what happens. Yeah. I saw you using this today on TTS and you were like using it to reposition. And with Sepsimus, of course, since he has a two range, the, the you know, stepping to the side after an activation can give you more attacks because you don't have to necessarily charge. Absolutely. You can, and especially if you've got cards like Sim Growth that restrict your movement, this actually helps you hop around. It, it, again, it's um, reminiscent of Scritch uh, with his uh, push cards and Jeweler Speed, but the bonus is if I make a move action, I can push it one more. If I want to go on guard, if I want to be on an objective and I want to go on guard, I can go on guard and push myself onto an objective and you know it essentially becomes a double activation, I guess. Um, and if you charge and kill someone, much like Jeweler Speed, you can kill them. And then hop onto the objective they were on afterwards, um, so you don't need to worry about the fact that they you could kill someone on an objective and then they just move someone else on. You kill them, you hop straight on. Um, so there are a lot of great uses for it. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a brilliant card. Nice. Yeah, we've all seen. You know, if if you've been playing since season one, you've seen what <coughs> Scritch can do with uh, the sneaky stab stab upgrade. Yeah, um, and how he can just kind of you know late late into the game, he can just scoot around you know your side of the board just whack-a-moling your fighters without charging Absolutely. because of his two range and you know being able to just attack and then get pushed one mm -hmm. so i think i think this is definitely an auto include yeah it's definitely not as good on <coughs> gulgach no definitely not as good because he doesn't have the the range decent on fecula because she can shoot yeah yeah I, yeah, definitely. I probably you know you'd try to avoid putting it on her. I think. The, the, I think the win oh, condition yeah. for the aggro side of this warband is you you get a tooled up Sepsimus to round three, because you, at that point he's pretty undeniable as a fighter. Like he just he's difficult to kill. He does three damage base, and if you get these two up, uh, upgrades on him, he hits everything, and he doesn't stop coming. Right. Constantly. Yeah, he's just poking, poking, poking. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um. Last one we said, which is like depends on how you're building it out. Uh, you did like hulking physique. 
Yeah. Which is uh, Gulach Restricted. We have uh, minus one move to a minimum of one. So if he's already got uh, sudden growth, it's okay. Uh, plus one wounds. So if you already have sudden growth, hello. And then plus one damage for their range one attack. So on their regular attack, or if you have a, a range one upgrade, which I don't know why you would do that because nice. nothing's going to be better than what he already has innately. Okay. So why do we like this one? I think plus one. In wounds what condition? Yeah, so plus one wounds are pretty hard to come by at the minute, especially now Tome of Vitality has been restricted. So you have Sudden Growth, which is restricted, Tome of Vitality that is restricted. You have Great Fortitude. Essentially, that's it. And this Warband <clears throat> thrives when you have to make multiple attack actions against them because they have multiple opportunities to keep reducing that damage, and they hit back hard. So what you really need to avoid in this Warband is getting one shot. Um, if you can avoid that, then your Counterpunch is going to be really good. Um... And this is another card that helps you do that. Additionally, a knife bonus, you get an extra strength. A lot of tough fighters are, are three wounds. So, you know, Crack Marrow, not Crack Marrow, uh, Gristlewell charges you. Um, you live through the charge. Maybe you defend the attack or reduce the damage or whatever. And then you can you can one-shot him back. Fainway Crystal um, also helps mitigate the loss of movement if you include that card. I just think for an extra Great Fortitude, which is kind of why you include it, it's got a nice other bonus and the negative one wound isn't as big a deal because you want people coming towards any you anyway. Disadvantage, it's restricted to Gulgox. So if he dies, it's a dead right. card. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, the, the, the one thing I don't like about this card is that it's restricted to Gulgach. Mm. Because... I don't necessarily think it needed that. but yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sepsimus with this card would be a real pain in the ass. <laughs> but uh, the, oh, yeah. the, the, I think, you know, the general strategy this warband is you're going to want to you know sort of leverage Gulgach early he's very accurate early on in the game he doesn't need to get inspired to actually hit people yeah pretty reliably and you want to you know send him forth and then you know he's not that easy to kill so you want to force your opponent to sort of deal with him and spend a lot of their cards um to kill him mm. and then you you know you get your points with with Fecula she's there for the points and then you transfer those those points into upgrades onto Sepsimus for the later on in the game. Absolutely. So if you're going to run a... I, I, I don't like the idea of running a, a Gulgach um, focused card. You make a good argument for it there because that is how you tend to play with him. Um, if you do draw it early, it's amazing. Um, but you're right. Maybe this is something that could come out. Um, you, that was very well argued. <laughs> uh, think about it. But yeah, Gulgach is probably a full guy early. Well, right, it's either so... him or Fecula, you know. And Typically, you, you keep Fecula to... back a little bit more because you want to, you know, use her to to score the the extra glory cards that you have. Yeah. Um. So she's not as you know at risk of dying early on. Um, yeah. I, but I Gulgach, you want to you want to you know get aggressive with him early, I think, because he doesn't die very easily early on in the game, and he can just he he hits every he he he's so likely to hit when he charges. Yeah, I think this is like the greediest card in my deck. I think. Okay. Cool. All right. I mean, uh, it we is have good. a couple of. I mean, just has that little uh, restricted to Gulgach word on the bottom of it. Yeah. That pesky little, pesky, pesky little restriction. black box. Pesky little goulash. Yeah. We good? We good? <laughs> Are you done? 
I'm, yeah, I'm not. I was actually going to go on for a bit longer. Um, but Max, we have a word Max to give out. Here. Right. <laughs> so we, have, we have, we have, we have card awards to give out. Okay. Yeah, we have important we have things about, to do. Exactly. We have the hunting aspect award. This is the Dangle Bro specific shitty card. Um, and we have decided that Fecula is actually this warband's uh, Dangle Bro. So yeah. we think that Blades of Putrefaction ends up being the Dangle Bro shitty award. And we have Blades of Putrefaction. Here it is. It is a spell. So obviously it can only be used if you put if you have Fecula on the table. It's a Gambit spell. Requires one focus. So already it's difficult to cast. If cast, however, friendly fighters range one and range two attack actions have plus one damage on a critical hit only. The spell persists until the end of the round. So it's kind of like if you can get it to go, I guess guess they get what fighters ferocity yeah, it's a fighter's need, ferocity on a persist spell for the rest of the round on just you her right you're alive yeah you need to you're alive to cast it you need um the spell to go off you need your other fighters to be alive in an attack range and you need to crit with them and you've now not included another gambit uh right nah. yeah yeah and you're only doing on. one extra damage so you could take a spell that does one damage. Boom. Next yeah. level thinking. And you don't have to there roll a crit. This is what makes winning decks. This guy. There you go. Uh, then we have uh, the aggressive defense award, which is given to the card that has the most ridiculous uh, wording that we don't really understand what it does. Um, and that goes to the burgeoning for the reasons why we talked about before. Uh, yeah. Just... The whole it like makes... the whole th interaction with lethal hexes and how weird that is. So you're saying that there's you can you can rules lawyer this card <clears throat> where as long as you're at full health, you're just immune to lethal hexes. Yeah, you become a you become a chain rasp. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, it, it depends if you can heal when you're at full health, because obviously Altharis Inspire Condition has very specific wording on it, which allows that to work even if you're at full health, but that's specific to them. If if you can't heal when you're at full health, then this card works how we said it does, and it's decent. If you can heal when you're at full health, it goes back to being another subpar cycle. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you're saying if if in the rules of the game you are allowed to per perform some sort of healing effect on yourself, and it mm. and it actually will resolve, then yeah. it just goes away when you hit a lethal hex, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And it's and so you just end up healing yourself that one time and it's over? Yeah, so if you can heal when you're at full health, then you just go through a lethal hex and it ends. So that very confusing. Cool. Okay. <laughs> now when it comes to the unintentionally sexual card name award, this faction is replete with mm -hmm. nominees. This is the one thing that this this faction has in spades is funny sounding titles okay here we, here are the nominees we have spread his blessings spread them ew ew <laughs> the burgeoning ew. i mean i'm i'm hot gift of contagion which is like just use a condom yeah um pestilent deliverer again condom uh, we have Stolid Bulk. I yes. Said <laughs> and we said that we wanted to give the, the the award to the card Blessed Endurance. 
Yep. We like that one. It's okay. the least gross one. It's the least gross. And the, but also uh, the most sexual. Yeah. It it is. It's like it, you take one subtle. Cialis and then you play this card and you're good. Yeah. So um, you know, I, I looked up uh, what heal means in the rule book. Mm-hmm. And it says a fighter is only healed if you remove at least one wound token from their Ooh. fighter card. Oh, right, so they aggressive. don't have a wound token, they don't get one. So Boom. aggressive defense so award stays, gone. Stays on. All right. Well now no no no. Now they still get the award. <laughs> Posthumously. Definitely. I don't know if that's what that word means. Okay. Uh I just because I don't want to go back and figure it out. We don't have time right now. Because we have to talk about your deck, Tom. I love it when people talk about my deck. Oh, <laughs> An intentionally sexual. Okay, so no, hard let's go. Thanks. <laughs> Great. It's hard to, okay. but we had to look high and low for this deck. All right, really important. <laughs> oh damn! I wasn't okay, burgeoning. I'm stepping away from this. Okay, so we're gonna talk about your deck, but we have to start your your the cards that you chose to play when you play this thing. Yeah. So I can. Yeah, I just don't want to say that word again because you guys are just gonna keep making jokes about my and deck. We. No, the cards that you play, that you bring to the game. That's what we're talking about. I just don't want to say deck. (laughs) (laughs) If I had a penny. Um, You're bringing me back to it. Okay. But let's talk about your objective cards. Because um, we, because I, again, I found this to be the most difficult part of putting this together. Um, So let's talk about the ones that you chose. And then we'll, uh, do you want to start with uh, the the surges? Yeah, because I think the surges at the minute are the key to most decks. If you can have a reliable surge deck, you can get through your deck. Um, Cool. uh, So it's hard, right? Because you, we've discussed that seeping rot is probably your best faction specific surge and then after that we're on to um universal surge cards so i okay basically the 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 way i built my surge deck is to define how i want to play the deck and how i want to play the deck is to just about get into the enemy territory and hold an objective there okay because that's the way to mess up other objective decks and I wanted a deck that rewarded me for doing that. So I've got cards like a uh, Swift Capture, um, Bold Conquest that reward me for being on objectives. Seeping Rot rewards me for staying on objectives. It means I don't have to mess about with my game plan too much to score these. Like these happen as I play the way I want to play. Um, other surges I've got are uh, Calculated Risk because you need good ones and that's just amazing. Um yeah. The other two are slightly different, I guess. Uh, so there's Unexpected Pitfall, which I think for Nogal is fine because you run, like I run They're five yeah. gambits that do damage and then obviously yeah. lethal hexes are abundant and you've got two pushes. So I think that's a good card. The last one I run um, is actually one that Mike got me onto, um, which is Frantic Exchange, which I think a lot of people looked at when it came out and went, ah, five gambits almost never happens. And it is not overly common. But I think if you can feel out a turn in the correct way, you can get this. Um, for starters, if you have enough upgrades in your hand, there are no restrictions on playing that. So if you've got a bit of glory, you can use that to bump up the number of gambits that are getting played, or a number of power cards, sorry, that are getting played in a power step. And against objectives, you can start little push wars to get the cards flowing, so like distraction into sidestep. 
And against aggro decks, you just wait for them to go like, oh, I'm going to play Spectral Wings. Oh, I'm going to play Haymaker. And right. during that turn, and you, you just put your upgrades stuff, yeah. on. Yeah. Right, right. Um, let's 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 read this card real quick. It says, Surge, score this immediately after a fifth or subsequent power card is played in the same power step. So th yeah. this is not so, you have to play five cards in, in from so, your hand. It's no. When so so both hold on, though. Have, yeah. That's interesting, because that also means that if on the fifth one... You play uh, confusion and score shortcut, mm. right? Then you draw this up. You could still play one more and get it to go. Yeah, or your opponent could. If your opponent then plays right. a card, you exactly. score it. Then it goes. A okay. One. Um, I, I mean, I'm talking a bit about the gambits, but I, I have frenzy search in the deck anyway, which is a great card for helping this because not only does that count as one of the power cards, it gives you three more. Gives you options, so, yeah. So yeah. Um. I saw you play uh, today when you were playing against, I think it was, it might have been JD, mm. and you wanted to score this, so you just distracted somebody away for no reason? Yeah, you see, so that is the the rub. Um, if you're in a power step where you realize this is the power step where you're going to score it, because all the cards have been played, um, sometimes you have, to, you have to choose whether you want to suboptimally use a card or sacrifice this. Um, I think if there were better surges, I would drop. It would be between this and Bold Conquest because I don't like having to rely on Fecula. Um, but Conquest on the flip side, her, yeah. this sometimes scores itself without you even trying, and it's a card that you can score on a power step. So there are downsides. Oh, I would, I would definitely dump Bold Conquest just because if Fecula's dead, that's a dead card. I mean, exactly. Frantic Exchange you can score even if all your guys are dead. Absolutely, and that there are very that's actually a rare class of card. Right. Cool. Okay, uh, so and then uh, let's talk about the end phase stuff. Yes, so we got a few of these are kind of obvious. Yeah, fired up and faithful reward as we talked about. You want to inspire them. This rewards you for that. Um, sure. And then spread his blessings. As we've said, I'm going to try and get into the enemy territory and hold one objective there. Swift capture, spread his, spread his blessings, um, seeping raw. You know, they all score off of this. So that's kind of go that's together, nice. right? Yeah, and you don't have to hold multiple. Like holding one objective is fine. Right. As soon as you start needing to hold two or three. Uh, then I've got opening gambit and combination strike as my snowbally cards. Right. Um, and then my last one is team effort, which is actually a card that Nurgle uses really well compared to a lot of them. Yeah, I was um, using this one too. I think it makes a lot of sense with them. Yeah, um, as long as you've got two people alive, you basically have scored it. Um, you don't have, to have activated <clears throat> yeah. everybody that's alive on the board. Um, and it's not hard when you have four activations and three and yeah. three fighters. You actually don't have to activate them. You just have to have made an action. So if you are including a card like Jealous Defense or something like that, you don't actually have to activate them. If they've just made an attack oh. with Jealous Defense, that counts. Word. So yeah, there are a couple of little things you can do that I need that add in. Yeah, I really like that card uh, spread his blessings um, a lot, actually, because, you know, like if you look at your deck specifically, your deck only has 13 glory from objective cards, yes. right? So you can't, you know, necessarily run up the score with another, with, with, uh, you know, another warband. So your plan should be disrupting them as much as possible. Absolutely. You, you know, don't win a race with this deck. Exactly. Exactly. So confused. if you can have a guy in their territory on one of their objectives, usually that means that they're going to have a harder time scoring some of their cards. Yeah, I think the idea is that in doing what this objective deck tells me to do, I gain more than 13 glory because doing this stuff denies my opponent. 
So actually, you know, spread his blessings is one glory for me, but it might be minus two or three for them. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and this get like incentivizes you to do that, you know. Exactly. You don't feel like you're the idea of this objective deck is that I don't have to think about it too hard and I can spend my energy messing with my opponents. Yeah. Um, the only cards in here that I really need a lot of thought on, I think I would say bold conquest, unexpected pitfall sometimes requires a bit of planning. Yeah, um, that card is not as easy to score as I expected it to be. Unexpected. Unexpectedly. <laughs> yeah. Right. I this card is unexpectedly hard to score. Yeah. But but with this gambit, uh with these gambits that you have here, a lot of them are plink damage. So I mean it, it does come up a lot. It does. It, it does, but it can be it can be sort of awkward sometimes, especially when like, you know, if the guy's like has two health left and you do four damage, you know, and you want to push him into that hex, but you're just yeah. gonna kill him, you know? So it's like Well, that's why in our game I had to attack you with the spinny attack, because I didn't want to kill you because I needed to kill you with the spell. You know, yeah, sometimes yeah. Right, doing right. possibly less optimal moves. Yeah to score things. And the idea with the objective deck is that you wouldn't have to make suboptimal moves because your objectives were fairly simple and then you focus on denying your opponent. But there are a couple of cards in here where that doesn't necessarily work as we wanted or as I wanted. But this kind of puts forth the point that the trouble with these guys is getting a good objective deck rolling. Like this is, I one of is probably the best one I've seen for Nurgle and it's still only 13 glory. I mean, it's still only 13 glory. It's like, and that's the kind of situation you find yourself in. Yeah, the power deck's a lot more fun to build. Yeah, oh, totally. All right, speaking of which, great segue. I got you, you. (laughs) There you go, nicely done. Um, All right, got to talk about this uh, Gambit deck, why the the choices that you made, and and start with the plink damage, because I think that's obvious. So I think you need to decide how much you want, because you need some. Um, And I was just like, well, inspiring is so crucial for me. I've got two objectives based on it, and... um, all my stats are on the inspired side. So we have Encroaching Shadow and Collapse, um, which is delicious if you have an objective on an edge hex because people will run into it. Um, combos well with Restless Prize. If you're going to move... So this is something. If you've got Restless Prize and you're using it to disrupt somebody on an objective, move that objective onto an edge hex. Give them a reason to sit on the edge because later when they hop onto it, you can just be like... And then they die. Boop, boop. Yep. Um, so yeah, Collapse and uh, Encroaching Shadow. Uh, Lethal Ward, again, because a lot of people are on objectives. Um, and then we have actually, actually, sphere of actually, which is my only facular reliant gambit, but it's just so good. Um, if you look after a, there's no requirement as long as they're within four hexes of fecular. Um, I don't know. I, I played without it for a bit when I put it in, it just felt a little bit more easy to inspire. And then nightmare in the shadows and distraction, unless you're playing against ghosts can sometimes double as inspiry cards. Cause you can pop people into lethal hexes with them, which is nice. Right. Or get so, them against the wall. Cause you need them, them there. Absolutely. Right. Um, and they also deny objectives. So we've got four definite plink damage cards, two pushes that can be plink damages and also can disrupt objectives. Restless prize is also another objective disrupting card. And then my last ones are Very so the last three. Buried Instinct, um, because uh, A, Seeping Rot, people don't know you're going to be on guard. They come and attack you, you do that. They can't knock you back. And if they're not doing enough damage to kill you, you've just scored an objective on their turn. Um, Also, um, a lot of people will plan to push you back to play Snare, Pit Trap, knock you into a lethal hex. You you deny a lot of damage. And also, especially against one-range fighters, they will charge you loaded with dice, rely on the push to do the damage, and actually then end up next to you 
having charged and you're not dead. Right. Now and you if start like, wailing on him. Yeah, it's yeah. like Golgok with hulking physique and it's just like three hammers, three damage. You know, it it can work very, very well. More often than not, I find myself just moving on to an objective, having this in my hand and going, come at me, bro. Um, so that I can score um, CP. That was wrong. the most polite way I've ever heard that said. <laughs> I'm, oh, bro. Come, come at, at me, bro. bro. Come at me, bro. As the bard once intoned, come I throw at down me, the bro. gauntlet to you, sir. So one, one thing I found interesting in Tom's explanation there is he said, plink damage. You have to decide how much you want, right? And uh, Tom decided he wants every single one in the game. <laughs> yeah. So, including Sphere of Akshi. Are we missing one? I mean, you've so, got cards like Black Powder Sphere and yeah. um, Unchecked Energy. Right. Um, That's so, a good and, one. And the, uh, the one that you roll for being near a lethal hex and you scatter from it. Sort of something beast. Yeah, it was okay. a new one. But yeah, all the I, ones I, we've I, heard of before. <laughs> all the ones you don't have to roll oh, a yeah, yeah, to come off. Gotcha. Bar sphere, actually, all, all, all the all the consistent ones. Gotcha. Yeah, all right. The better ones. Um, the last two I've. It's got... really important to get them oh. inspired, though, and that's like the reason why we do this. Like I was doing this too. This is why I can. This is why I know the names of those other cards because I did just pop into underwater. Oh TV yeah, they were in the deck damage. at some point. <laughs> yeah, was there was eleven like... direct damage cards in the deck at some <laughs> point in one version. Yep, and in yeah. one game, all of those go off, and you don't even move into the Grimwatch territory, right. and they're all dead. Oh, nice. <laughs> Maybe. They may inspire, but what do you care? You're not anywhere close. The trebuchet build. <laughs> Love nice. it. Try it. See how it goes. Um, all right. But yeah, steady advances in there, because it's not to include. Um, gets you into range, gets you onto objectives. Um, and then the and other plus card... we said it is, so it must oh, yeah. be... No, this actually is an auto-include. Right. And then Frenzy Well, Surge. it was the one out of the three auto-includes that we said that you decided to put in your deck. Yeah, well, not yeah. unnatural vitality. Yeah. Even though. Vitality. I don't have... So this is a good point, actually, to make. Because I have sacrificed move in this deck to make the Gambit deck more consistent at doing the things I want it to do. And that has informed how I've built my objective deck. Because I don't have move in here. I can't reliably close with the enemy, so I can't afford, in my opinion, to include aggro-based objectives because I, whether I get to the enemy or not isn't actually in my control. Um, so I've tried to make myself inspire more consistently, and in doing so, I've had to sack off some of the aggro objectives because I can't put things like Unnatural Vitality and Spectral Wings in because I don't have space. All right. Um, Upgrades. Right. Oh, this is fun. Unless there's I anything think... else you want to say? Nope, absolutely not. Nope. Okay. I uh, mean, a, a lot of these upgrades are kind of, you know, like things that you would definitely put in any deck. So we have Great yeah. Fortitude, Great Strength, Fane Way, Potion of Rage, Sudden Growth. Hmm. Uh, we have Survival Instincts. I think that these are all kind of obvious. Can we talk about Fane Way? Of... Yes. Yeah, go talk talk about that. So Bold Conquest makes that easier. Um, yes. obviously you want to charge onto an objective with Fecula. Absolutely. Um, Swift Capture, also easier. Spread His Blessings, also easier. Feyway just combos so well with a lot of the objective cards um, and allows you against aggro decks that you want to stay away from until you're kitted out. It allows you to close huge distances with them and pick off key fighters. You know, they've spent the whole time running across the board. You've maybe scored um, Calculated Risk and Frantic Exchange. You've got a couple of upgrades onto Septimus and you just fly in all the way in. Prod scathe aggro game over. Um, so it's good from that point of view. Is uh, it me or is Fainway having like a resurgence? I feel like at the beginning of the season, people stopped playing Fainway and now I feel like I'm seeing it more often. 
well, there's that again. second distraction in the game now. Right. Yeah, there you go. It wasn't in yeah. there before. Before That's true. No, it was I mean, like, I, I you know, you play against Grimwatch and they just stand on all the objectives right away and you can never use it. You never get to use the the Fadeway crystal. But now that yeah. there's both of the 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 well, we we needed the gift pack to come back to give us the first distraction that wasn't in the game right. previously, and then yeah. we needed the uh, the Nurgle to give us Nightmare in the Shadow. So that's why it's resurging. That's a hundred percent agree with Randall. It's, you can get on them now. Yep. All right. Uh, cool. Um, what about what else do we have here? We have uh, so you've mentioned that all Hulk. the ones we talked about. Yeah, Hulking yeah. physique, Unstoppable Tread, Virulent Blade, Cryptic Companion. Yep. We didn't talk Cryptic, about Cryptic, Cryptic Companion. companion. I mean, you're going to be sitting on objectives anyway. I've got a lot of ways to go on guard. Well, it also well. gives an, like, we, we were talking before about how Fecula is sort of like a utility character that you use only to do, you know, one point of damage or to score some of your objective cards. Yeah. Um, where And then this gives her, uh, you know, like another reason to exist, basically. You can kind of keep her, you, keep can, you can have her, you can have her score bold conquest and then cast her Sphere of Akshi, and then she's done. You don't need to activate her anymore, really. You can just kind of sit her on the objective in the back and yeah. put the Cryptic Companion on. At best, she whacks, she sort of whacks a ghoul with a stick, because she's three hammers. Right. But yeah, I completely agree. Um, this also gives people an incentive to attack you when you're on an objective, if you're finding Seeping Rot a little bit difficult to score, if you put Cryptic Companion on. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. They don't have pushes. It's like, well, you you got her. You don't come at me. Um mm. Come at me, bro. Yeah, that's that's a that's an important thing <laughs> for um, you know, a lot of if they're playing aggro, a lot of times, a lot of times, if you're playing aggro into the worm spat, a lot of times, what you'll want to do is just kind of sit back and draw cards for most of the the activation round, and then you know, unleash like one giant four damage attack in the, the fourth activation. Mm. Um, if you if you throw down cryptic companion, you know, early. Your opponent might say, like, oh crap, I have to, you know, I have to act yeah. now and and they might, you know, take some sort of risk to to get you off of the, the objective, and then you can capitalize on it with uh Sepsimus. Yeah. It, it's a it's a hand forcing card. Um because yeah. you can't leave someone on an objective. Yeah, you like if you like me and Max will be having like a, you know, like a friendly, you know, fun game like bantering with each other or whatever and then i'll be like i'm gonna play cryptic companion and then max just his face just go, he just goes like damn like <laughs> like it's like the terminator like the t1000 like scans the <laughs> scans the board and then just like zeroes in on like that one guy and then like you know all his data comes up on the side and and then it's like then i you turn have these cards in your hand you've ever yeah, known. And i'm like max max what, what are you doing later he's like don't worry about it. I, I i'm focused right now i need to kill this cryptic <laughs> companion guy yeah, <laughs> allows you to score everything else in your deck, but yeah. like that cryptic companion guy. Oh yeah, down. that's that's true. Mm. Yeah, it's a good distraction. I just like the idea of you like having to, or him looking at you when you play that card and being like, "I thought you were cool, man. I thought you were cool." Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> oh. um, did we talk about? I thought we were men of Adam... honor here. <laughs> I'm yeah, definitely sorry. not. Go on, Max. <laughs> sorry, I was just saying. Did we talk yet about why adding wounds is really important for them? Do you, feel, do you feel like we've talked about that? I mean, they can reduce damage. If you've got more wounds, you're definitely going to mean... People are definitely going to need to take multiple attacks. And as Randall just said, people will save up for a big four damage attack. And they may invest yeah. their entire turn and their entire objective hand in hoping that attack goes off. 
And if you can add another wound on, and they're already worried about you rolling a shield and ruining their day, it right. just, you can really, it, it's it's that, once they're already great into aggro, but this just, it makes it hell to play aggro into them because you just can't kill them. And even if you can, you might not kill them. Yeah. The mental math about trying to kill them, I find, is is really very difficult. Right, and yeah. you almost have you almost have to overkill them. You have to plan on yeah. over, which is which is not, which is unconventional in this or, game. Yeah, you want to use the yeah. least amount of resources to to, to do the the most uh, efficient way of taking a guy out in one or probably two activations at most. That's such a good point because, like, do you equip Glory Seeker to do five damage when I've got four wounds, knowing that I could roll a shield? And then I don't roll a shield and you've equipped Glory Seeker and now you need, you can't kill that other person because that extra damage is on someone else. Or you don't equip it, you charge, I roll a shield, game over. Like it, it, You're right, it messes with you. Yeah, and yeah, nobody builds their deck to overkill enemies. Absolutely. No, yeah. A lot of surgical striking out there. Yeah. I agree. All right, anything else we want to say about this Warband before we move on? Uh... No, uh, I just, I, I just want to say that I think that I just think that Fecula looks like that lady that fell asleep on a city bus. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going on any of the buses you've been on, if that's true. I'm just saying. Jesus well, definitely nowadays, she's like she's all of us. This this warband is all of us, except for the prolapse rectum thing. Yeah. Besides you, that, one thing I yes, just want to say I, real quick about this warband that I think is a little disappointing is, you know, when the season rolls over. Like when we have like when I don't know when when the thing comes out after Beastgrave, um, this is the type of warband that I think will suffer the most when we lose the Night Vault cards, um, mm. because their faction specific cards actually, are yeah. not great. Yeah, not that great. Yeah. Well, it's more as as you said, it's the card pool. Like they might come back in again at the right, end. Right, of right, right. Yeah, halfway through the the fourth season, they might come back with a vengeance. But right when the the game comes out and we lose all those cards. They need uh, a plink damage yeah. cards. You're going to be gone. You're right. Yeah. They need That's a good interesting. All the plink damage cards. Yeah. Most. Yeah. Yeah. All the good ones. So if you're going to play them, end of beast grave is when you've got your best shot. But I do. Yep. I do think they are still, despite everything we've said, they are still undersold. They have a niche that they can fill, and they do have things they do very well. And I think in a meta, which obviously isn't the current meta, but in a meta where aggro is is on top these they're a spoiler apparently yeah. shaft aggro like you don't stand a chance um because you can't reliably kill people and your deck your hand just gets gummed up so i think they have a lot of good things they can do and even into objectives they have some game but you're right you're, you're certainly playing on the back foot by playing when there are other warbands out there that are more competitive but yep. nurgle do have a shot also, these are this. I think that this is the only warband that, if you decide to play them when the game's over, you have to wash your hands for twenty seconds. Yeah, the only one. Like, the others you don't have to. Yeah, absolutely. The others you can lick afterwards. I've tried. Yes, and it's fine. Yeah, but and these guys don't. don't I do got it. weird looks when I did it to Septimus. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I actually you're like, drilled through you're the like, prolapse. I can get up there now. You did, and just oh man, you're like that guy who like licked the toilet, and now they're in the hospital. I didn't do that. Absolutely. You don't know about that guy? Oh, man. I do know that guy. I would highly recommend. Like personally, friend of yours? Yeah, don't this do that. Why would you do it in the first place? This is it. A no, bit of an aside. People are doing Give us your medical now. opinion. Yeah. I don't understand why all of the things people are doing now that are stupid were stupid before. 
Like you wouldn't have done like, it before. Yeah. It's not like before we were all like, "Oh, what am I going to do this afternoon?" I don't know. I'm going to lick a toilet. Oh, cool, man. That's a good idea. We weren't doing it's that. Like, it's like saying, "I like, like, I would never play with a shark." But now that there's like a hundred sharks in the water, I'm totally playing with a shark. You can't tell me what to do. I love sharks. Clearly. All right, Tom. So as is our custom on the show, uh, we do a key to salvation at the end of the episode, and of course, whenever we have a guest, we make sure that our guest gets a chance to do the key to salvation. And uh, you have a good one for us today. Uh, very appropriate to the times we're living in. Take it away. Yeah. Um, I've noticed over the last couple of weeks, losing sort of regular meetups that people have to play Underworlds, losing tournaments. Um, I mean, everyone sort of getting stuck inside. It's very easy for people you wouldn't regularly get in touch with outside of that. You can lose touch with them completely. And those relationships that you have are actually very important, especially when everybody's stuck inside. Um going stir crazy so i my key to salvation is to just do our very best to keep in touch with everybody you know keep in touch with your friends keep in touch with your family make sure everyone's doing okay because sometimes just having someone call you and be like yo dude what's up um can really make some someone's day especially if for whatever reason they've just woken up and they're in a bad place and you can't get out of it and you're stuck in your house um so yeah i think during the times when everybody's doing you know, self-isolation and quarantine i i i think Keep keep an eye out for your friends and look after each other. Um, keep in touch. And especially your gaming buddies, the people that mm. you see only when you're playing Underworlds and try to make sure that you keep in touch with them, you know, get, you know, get a get a vassal game with them, get a TTS game, get a cam game going with them. Um, because they are, you know, they're 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 part of your community. So uh, you know, th that's definitely one aspect that we're losing in this particular time but um thankfully we have the internet and we have webcams and we have uh video uh, voice chat and so it's a little bit easier to do it um with those things which a lot of people have just naturally uh cool are, are there any sort of like uh medical professional things you want to say just while we're here you know just community <sighs> shout out what what do you yeah. want to say i think a lot of it's been said but it probably just needs reiterating um if anyone's at all worried about um coronavirus and what it can do what the symptoms are what you should do um there are a lot of good uh information sources here in the uk uh, nhs england look at the world health organization website but i think the thing that to emphasize the most is that if there is still anybody playing it down that's a little rubbish um we do need to listen to what the experts are saying do be careful do self-isolate do social distance um it's it's being suggested for a reason. These measures are being implemented for a reason. And if we if we listen to them, then I think everybody gets through this as best as we can. Um, I think it's just important to remember that you can, if these measures aren't followed, you can you can do damage that you possibly wouldn't realize until it's too late. Um, and nobody wants to hurt anybody else. Um, so I think just pay attention to what's being said and do your very best so that everyone gets through this okay. Wash your hands. All right. Well, one thing I've noticed is, you know, a lot you see all these memes going around where it's like, you know, us Warhammer players, we're all, you know, just introverts that just sit in the house all day anyway. But but we're really not. You know, the reason we play, yeah. the reason where we pursue uh, tabletop games as opposed to different hobbies is because we want to go and and have that uh, person to person experience with um, our friends. Um, yeah. You know, you can you can get a, you know, non-personal, you know, interaction with somebody through other means. But we, we've chosen to do the the tabletop gaming thing. 
Um, yeah. So it is actually very hard on a lot of us to do that. Yeah, and, what What are we, video gamers? Yeah. I mean, please. <laughs> and you're, you've, you've hit the nail on the head, and it's a very meaningful interaction as well because you thrive off the people that are interested in the same things as you are. So you can't just go out and, like, it's not like you can just chat to whoever's around. You actually want those people that get excited about the same things you do. And so it's very important to keep in touch with those people because um, that's what you... <laughs> all right so tom uh I, I can't think of anything better than a medical professional coming on during this time talking about nurgle i just think it's so hitting the nail on the head and you did a great job and we appreciate uh you coming on thank you honestly it's been it's been an absolute pleasure um and it's amazing to be on a podcast where i don't have to spend every few seconds unsuccessfully trying to shut mic up so that's lovely it's been a dream <laughs> Yeah, we've had to do it's that easier, right? twice now. Twice. Yeah. So, yeah. Tough job. <laughs> I don't hard. envy you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. So for Battle for Salvation, Underworlds Podcast, this is Max Bernstein. Randall Slate. Tom Bond. Tom Bond. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Okay. Is that good? No, you, yeah, but you can do okay, it just you fine. But I'm not wearing. It would pants. be really great if you sang it. Yeah, yeah, I could. But do you that. don't have. But you don't have to. Hold on a second. Well, I'm gonna sing the okay fine, and then yeah. I'm but gonna let me say... just make sure you're. Let me just make sure you're on key. Hold on. Um. You can't hear that, can you? No. Uh, hold on. Let me bring it back over to here. This is how I'm gonna say it. Okay. Okay, fine. But I'm not wearing pants. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. It's that. Those are the notes. Yeah, that's a, that's what I did. Okay, right? fine. But I'm not wearing pants. That'd yeah. be funny, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm okay, fine. But I'm not wearing oh, pants. Oh, we got to find the same dough. Uh, uh, oh, 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 oh. oh. Okay, fine. <laughs> nah, you're really off key. I am? <laughs> yeah.